Well, welcome in to this week's episode of The Weekday. This is episode 30-something. <laughs> uh, we were just watching dog a dog um, sing Lean On Me. It wasn't even really a Lean On I Me. I have no idea. It was just someone who heard a dog, and they're like, that sounds like a dog singing. Let me get my Wurlitzer out. <laughs> and, and I then, can play chords underneath this dog singing. And it was really good. And yeah. then he ended with a little flourish towards yeah. the camera. And I thought it was really great. Uh, hey, thanks for joining us on, again, I think this is episode 37, right, Justin? Justin on the Wheels of Steel over there. Uh, I think so. Hey. There it is. Thank you. The, so this might be 37. This might be 38. I don't know. Actually, I can tell you in one quick second. No, because no it doesn't matter. No, no, no. The, no, the, no, the bit is that we don't know what it is. It's not even a bit. Yes, it's it is. For real. No, it's a no, bit it, that it, we don't know what it is. It's for real. By the way, our, our YouTube subscribers have gone up, uh, which is my plug. We've gone up 24 in the last 28 days. So that's almost one per day. That's my plug to you watching this right now. If you have not hit the old subscribe button on YouTube, I implore you, hit that. It's for the good of the kingdom. <laughs> Of God, or just or subscribe on Apple Music Podcasts or on Spotify. Wait, just Apple Podcasts, not Apple, Apple Pod- Music. Apple Music Podcasts. No, that, that's a that's too much. Redundant. Yes. Re- or Spotify. Or Spotify or uh, Stitcher, Mike's favorite. Uh, Stitcher. Or we're now on Overcast and Google Podcast. Wherever you're listening to this, make sure that you are subscribed to this, and make sure you're also hitting the old thumbs up button to like it, and make sure you're also hitting the old share button to share this with people. Because man, are we about to drop some knowledge today? Uh, but before we do, um, last week's episode was a firestorm. If you yeah. did not, and last week was week thirty-six, yeah. um, so okay. episode thirty-six. Last week we did what we called our hot takes, and I actually have a hot take for this week. Yeah, that's good because that was um, our thing. That was yeah. we're gonna every week we're gonna have a weekday hot take. Right, we're gonna roll out what we're calling segments. Yeah, uh, nobody's ever done them in the history of <laughs> podcasting. It's a new thing. It is a brand new thing. Uh, I did have we had a we'll bunch of comments soon. We had a bunch of com- <laughs> can we do that? Uh, we had a bunch of comments on here, and I want to read one from one Rachel Slay. Okay, Ray Slay. Ray Slay says, my and my my. Mine too. Yeah. Um, my hot take was that oatmeal raisin cookies are a liar and a cheat of a cookie. And Rachel came out and said, yeah. oatmeal raisin cookies are the embodiment of identity theft is not a joke, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I, fantastic. I thought that was great. So yeah. Rachel Slay, thank you so much for watching and make sure you're subscribed also. But also Thank you for that comment. Also, like that's that's a good reason for you to comment on all of our stuff. So, Amen. like, because we want this to be, we want you all to be in, involved in this as well. And, hey, look at your um, right camera. Well, I just, he and then he he noticed. Remember, you were down here. Yes. Well, he he switched as I switched. Right. Nope. <laughs> this is a this is a fun bit for those listening on, on for those listening, listening just listening yeah yeah um also brad miller was chiming in and brad was actually online uh for one of our services live on sunday yeah. and he said uh hey pastor andy glad to be here uh, i'm just sitting here eating bacon listening to the beatles uh and i said that's good enjoy sounds your like mediocrity a, sounds like a terrible sunday yeah enjoy your mediocrity brad yeah um rachel also said hot take in general beyonce's music is lame her performance ability is what makes her interesting. I mean, I I fully do not understand the Beyonce love. Mm-hmm. The I bay, don't the Bay love. And like, I I think maybe just because she's like a force of nature, you know, like it's just it's a thing. You I mean, know? she she's decent. I'm not gonna go. I, I'm not gonna get. Any- I'm not saying, but like it 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 re- to me it was like in like a year it reached like Michael Jackson yeah. level yeah. of like fame and notoriety. Agreed. And I was like, where did this come? This feels very strange. Agreed. But, okay. Agreed. Okay. Uh, so I wanted to introduce the topic for this week. We're definitely not going hot takes just yet on this, this podcast. Um, Mike actually had an interesting idea. The amount of... <laughs> 
Uh, if, you, if you're listening, you have no clue what he did to it, but he leaned into the camera shot, and it was it was quite <laughs> fantastic. Uh, the amount of preparation we usually do for this podcast is slim to none. <laughs> um, we I prepared more for the Hot Takes podcast, uh, I think, than I have in quite a while. Because what we end up doing is we have a conversation, uh, and we just invite you along for the ride. Maybe that's not the best SEO way of doing things. It's wonderful. No, it's great. I, I enjoy it. It keeps yeah. it fresh. Uh, but Mike actually had a great idea this morning, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, we, I was thinking of going one way, and then he totally upended it. So we Michael, zagged. Yeah, you, you zagged when I say. So uh, first off, I'm going to open my AHA, which is not the best one. It's a blueberry pomegranate, which is- Is this today's topic sponsored by- AHA. <laughs> Yeah, it was a nice fresh thing. Okay, uh, would you like to introduce the topic there? Sure. Cool. Um, so I, I'm listening to this book called How Not to Read the Bible. And, um, it's a great, great yeah, title. Yeah, it's a great title. And it's uh, I just started it. It's by an author named uh, Dan Kimball. I was going to say Don. Dan Kimball. And he basically opens up the book with a story well, about- that dude's hair. Great hair. It looks like Lincoln Brewster. He um he opens up this this uh, the book with a story about how he met with a young adult, you know, someone a bit younger, whatever. I think maybe out of college, uh, right out of college, and they were talking about how they used to be a Christian and now they're not. And he said, "Okay, well, like, what happened?" Um, he said, "Well, you know, like, I went to church, uh, went was in youth group, all that kind of stuff." Um, went to college, like was still like pretty much a part of it, but then it was in Bible studies and all kinds of stuff. But then he actually took it upon himself to start reading the Bible himself. Hmm. And, and that's when he began to disagree with a lot that was in the Bible and chose to basically be like, well, I don't understand how this can happen. Uh, so, so the story he was, one of the examples that he talked about was how in Luke, you know, part of the Christmas story, I mean, this is a part that's probably left out of a good bit of the Christmas stories, but um, the there was, you know, the census or whatever, but King Herod at the time had heard that the, the king of the Jews was coming or whatever, you know, like part of the prophecy. And uh, so as a way to like consolidate power, King Herod ordered every boy two years old and under be killed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we read that part in Luke and say like, wow, that's terrible. You know, um, obviously that's like a very evil thing. But how in Exodus, when God orders um, as part of the 10th plague in Egypt, when God says, basically, if you don't do this one thing, I'm going to have all of the firstborn sons of every family like are going to get killed or die or whatever. Hmm. And then yet, so we read that story and be like, wow, look at God's providence or even, you know, Maybe, maybe we don't go that far, but just like kind of look at it sort of apathetically. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, like that was just one of the questions. And so my thought was, what are some bugaboos? Um, Bugaboo. Yeah. Uh, back to Beyonce. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, you know, we have when reading the Bible, because like there, there's a few that I have that I'm still like, and you know, this is, uh, obviously last week was kind of like a funny, silly podcast and not that this one needs to be like super deep and you know serious kind of thing but like I do think that this it's a it's a pretty serious topic when it comes to obviously like the word of God and you know like if if these things in the Bible are truly inspired and um you know breathed by God you know how can we accept one thing and but also take the other one you know like um so I don't know if there was any stories or anything that like you've seen in the Bible that like you 
maybe still have a problem with or still working through, or you read it and you're like, where in the world did this come from? Yeah. Like, this is weird. Yeah. I mean, I've got a number of them. Do you want to start? No, I want you to start. So the one that we that immediately came to mind when Mike was talking about this was the story of Samson. Uh, the story of Samson yeah. in totality, not just Samson and Delilah yeah. and getting his head shaved off or his hair shaved off. Yeah. Um, eventually, his head got shaved off by a <laughs> stone column that yeah. fell on it. But th- the Samson story, I so the the entire maybe it's the entire book of Judges that I have a problem with, it's, and I'm in it right now in part of my reading plans. Um, and I, Judges starts off as such a hopeful book. Yeah. It really does. And then Joshua dies, and then Israel falls into sin, and then God needs to send reclaimers, judges, people that are going to, that that are his justice on earth. Well, and he was, the people were asking for kings. Right. They want, and God was said, well, I'm, I'm your king. Right. And... And he said, oh, how about this? How about I get you a leader to basically lead your tribe, but I can still be your king. Right. Yeah. But the problem was is that they would fall into 10 to 80 years of immorality and Oh, it worked out terribly. Yeah. yeah. And then and but there's a concentric downward spiral. Yep. Everyone is worse than everyone the next. is yep. worse. And so you read you read um my goodness, I can't even think of the first one right now. Somebody and then Barack and Deborah and yeah, then which were uh, actually or Jephthah pretty, and then Barack and Deborah yeah which then, are actually pretty Deborah was like the best one of them uh Deborah yeah Deborah because Deborah had the the, the leader the leader's wife yeah. I can't remember her name offhand <clears throat> ended up putting a tent spike into the into the Wasn't guy's head no Barack was the Barack was the male leader Deborah oh. was the one that was the judge at the time okay. and Barack said I'm gonna go yeah yeah but I I don't know about this and she said okay well. Just know that I'm going to get the the yeah. fame for this, mm-hmm. which was fine. It ended yeah. up, but there was a the leader of somebody else's the wife. She the 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 I'm getting this all wrong right now, and I could pull it up, and I don't really need to. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, the yeah. guy died. It was a it was a horrible story. And then Gideon happens, and Gideon's pretty bad. And then there's a couple of other mm-hmm. judges in the middle of there, and then Samson. Yeah, and Samson's the last real judge in the bio in in the book of Judges. Yeah, because Samson's a Bad dude. Yeah. Um, he, the, an angel of the Lord appears to Samson's parents mm-hmm. and says, hey, you're going to be, you're, you're going to have a son. And I, hey, wife, I, uh, you can't touch wine. And hey, you need to tell because, you know, no fermented drink or anything because your son's going to be a Nazarite. Right. And a Naz- he's going like to have to take the Nazarite super vibe. Super strict. Super strict. Like yeah. he's never going to cut his hair. He's right. never going to be able to touch a dead thing, a, a dead carcass. He's not going to be able to do all these things. And Samson kill not gonna be able to kill not gonna be able to kill like you're gonna have to do all this stuff and samson within the first couple of like the first decade of his life well two decades kills a lion yeah and then there's bees that with make a, a with a dead thing no 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 no. he he he, he that's after that oh okay so the lion they're like going somewhere and then uh going down to get yeah, a yeah, wife yeah. Yep, yep, yep. a wife a yep. philistine wife he sees a philistine wife and's like uh hey dad i want her yeah and dad goes, okay, fine. And so, and so then um, 30, 30, he kills like uh, a bunch of people to get clothes yeah. because like there's a thing going on. But right before that, there's a wedding ceremony. He tries to tell him a riddle and the wife, like anyway, he's so taken by women. He kills a lion by like ripping it open. Yeah. And then bees make a nest in there and then he touches, he grabs honey out of the nest. And so he touches a dead thing. Yeah. And then, and then he's just, he might, I don't think he ever drank because it doesn't ever say anything about him drinking. So good on you, Samson, for not <laughs> violating that. But then 
then he kills a whole bunch of other people yeah. by like he goes to see a prostitute, ends up staying in the town overnight. The Philistines are told, "Hey, the the Samson's here. He, he's killed a bunch of people. Like you should go kill him." And in the middle of the night, Samson wakes up and puts the doors of the uh, he's endowed with the strength of the Lord. Yeah. puts the doors of the town on his back and carries it off, and then and proceeds to tie yeah. tie three hundred fox ta- foxes together, tail yeah. to tail, with torches, burn up their whole thing. Kills thousands of Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're thinking yeah. of, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome if you think about it. That's, well, that's pretty cool. Well, and what's crazy too about the fox thing real quick is that he didn't just kill people or the foxes. He actually ruined their economy. And yeah, their, their fields. Yeah. Like, so their, their he way of- He salted the earth. Like, not only did he ruin their economy too, but like he, he ruined a society's, a culture's way of feeding themselves and their families. Yeah. yeah. Forgive us if we're getting all of this story wrong here, but the mo- the point of- We're not. The, like it's, the, it's an overview. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm getting some of the stuff out of order, but I just read it like three days ago. But when you get to the Samson and Delilah part, that's a real bad thing because Delilah gets coerced by- the Philistines right. to say, "Hey, I'm gonna we're, we're we got a bunch of people. We're gonna give you a whole ton of money to betray Samson." And she goes, "Yeah, cool. I want the money more than my husband." So then there's like three or four times where she asks Samson, "Like, hey, how do you get your power?" And he says, "You know, um, yeah, you have to tie riddles. me up with a fresh yeah, 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 try, yeah, with a fresh bowstring, and then and then he." He falls that. asleep and he breaks that. And then there's another rope, like a rope that's never been used. Oh, okay. Then you got to sew my hair into this thing. And anyway, he, he bops the thing. And then finally in the fourth time, he, he finally says like, okay, I'll tell you the real thing. It's because of my hair. Uh, it's because I've kept this vow, which whatever. First of all, I have a problem with like the hair thing because yeah. bald, but also <laughs> because like, what is, I have always wondered, like, what are we trying to say about that story? Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I have an answer. Yeah. What are we trying to say about the hair thing? Is that a representation of, okay, this is the last thing to go right. of your life? Um, because if you look at it, that's the very last thing that happens in Samson's life outside of him getting his eyes gouged out. Right. And then he kills, it says in the very last little bit of the Samson story, after, and if you don't know the story, they the Philistines take him, gouge his eyes out, make him grind grain, uh, which basically just means he's walking in a circle all day yeah, on the slave. Yeah, he's a slave. And then they bring him to a party to make fun of him. There's 3,000 Philistines around and in a he, big building. In a big building. They're on the roof and they're all not, and they're on the on the ground. And he prays to God. And then he tells the servant that's guiding him, Hey, put me up against the stone column so I know where I am. And he takes and he puts his arms against the stone column. I'm trying to get this in the frame here, and then pushes against them so hard that the building falls down. And he kills 3,000 Philistines plus himself, yeah. okay? And it says, the last little line there says something to the effect of, and he killed more Philistines on that day than he had the entire, like, okay, I understand the justice thing and the, the whole Exodus story is about justice. That's what it is. I mean, it's a, it's God's just, God is judging Egypt at that point, which sucks. Um, it's not, it sucks for Egypt. Uh, but then you watch the rest of what happens in the book of Judges and like, a prostitute gets cut up into 12 pieces and there's super immorality that happens with this guy, Micah, uh, who builds a, who gets a bunch of silver and builds a, 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 a shrine and then coerces a Levite to come be his household priest. And then the Levite, anyway, I have never understood that whole. And then from then on out, it's just chaos mm-hmm. until really Saul shows up. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. That's just, that's one of my bugaboos right there. Well, there's a really fascinating book, and I'm 
I'm blanking on it. I don't know if you ever read it about Samson and Delilah. Um, John Michael gave it to me a few years is ago. The Rob Bell book? No. Okay. It's like an actual book, and it, all it talks about is the points of Samson and Delilah that like make this story actually interesting and not what you think it is. Hmm. Um, and basically just talks about how terrible Samson is. <laughs> He's a bad person, dude. Um, and uh, yeah, there's there's so much. He's a womanizer. He Anyway, we're, uh, we don't have Oh yeah, it dives, it dives deep into it. We should, um, I'll look it up. And, okay, I would um, love to. Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. I, I, I stole a bunch of your thunder there. Sorry about that. No, 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 that's fine. I think, you know, with, like there's a lot of, the Old Testament specifically, um, when it comes to violence, that I think a lot of people have a lot mm. of issues with. And, you know, what's funny is is I think because we think that it's in the Bible and because, you know, it's the good book and, like, we think that, like, God is almost okaying some of this stuff. And, like, I don't think that that's the way that it's it actually is. So, like, the Samson and Delilah story, I remember growing up, in Sunday school and us talking about Samson and Delilah as if Samson is like a hero of the Bible and Samson is not a hero of the Bible. Like he is a failure when you look at all of this stuff and like you truly break it down. It's like, Oh my. And, and you're talking about that downward. So it's like Samson is almost a picture of the book of judges Hmm. um, of almost like the, the tribe of Israel. And like you start at one point and the only place you go is down. And like, you just keep spiraling down and down and down and, and get, things get worse. So he starts out by doing like one tiny thing with like a lion and yeah. Okay. Touching. Yes. I get all sin is sin. And you know, like when we break one rule, we break, you know, it doesn't God's rule. Yeah. But like, there's a real life consequences thing to, to a lot of stuff too. So like he kills a lion, touches a dead lion to get honey out of it, whatever. That's nowhere near as bad <laughs> as killing like a dozen or two dozen people just to get close to marry like a woman you're not supposed to marry. Right. Okay. Great. Yeah, that, that's pretty bad. That's not as bad as him destroying like hundreds of Philistines and, and ruining an entire economy and system of living. Okay. Yeah. And that's also not as bad as like literally murdering thousands of people mm-hmm. in one, you know, like it's just this downward spiral. And, um, you know, I think that that's like, it's almost like we have to take, be, be okay with reading this stuff. Not as just because it's in the Bible, like it's a good thing, hmm. but like looking at it as like a, a picture of a, it's a, this is a story of a group of people started out from the beginning. Like God had a, a specific desire for <laughs> Adam and Eve. And like, since that point, it has not gone well. Um, and you know, like dealing with real life consequences of, of a lot of this stuff. So, um, I have a funny one, even though I, t- I said that like, this isn't like a funny, it's not like it could super, be funny. it's not super funny, but like, again, it, it's, it's one of those things where like, um, what in the world is this talking about? Okay. Why is this in the Bible? Um, so talking about Elisha, this is from second Kings two twenty three. If you want to read along here with us at home, <laughs> this is always like, if I'm in if I'm in a group of like young adults or high schoolers or whatever, and they're having like a real serious conversation about like, Hey Mike, what's your favorite Bible verse? And immediately second Kings two twenty three, And, um, I'm like, Oh wow. Like that's and like it based on like the speed of how I respond to them. They think that it's like very super holy, super important. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here it is. It just says, this is the transition between Elijah and Elisha. Right. Uh, so this is right around that moment. So this is right after Elisha gets endowed with the Holy Spirit or whatever with God's Spirit. Um, so 
says, another time, Elisha was, this is from the message translation, but it basically says the same thing in all the other ones. Uh, another time, Elisha was on his way to Bethel and some little kids came out from town and taunted him. Oh, we're going back to this here. Yeah. What's up, old bald head? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> out of our way, skinhead. Elisha turned, took one look at them and cursed them in the name of God. Two, two bears, and it says two she-bears in some of the other translations. I don't know why that's important, but- it's bald discrimination yeah. <laughs> is what, bald discrimination. Two bears charged out of the underbrush and knocked them about, ripping them limb from limb, 42 <laughs> children in all. And you want to know what the next, you know what the next verse is? Elisha went on to Mount Carmel and then returned to Samaria. What? What happened? What are we talking about here? Where did that come from? 42 children? And like, I've looked up just for fun, like, um, commentaries, commentaries and stuff. Nobody says anything about this verse. Why in the world is this in the Bible? I have zero clue. And it's not even like I've, I'm past the point of like, I have a problem with that because I do. I have a problem <laughs> with someone using their unique superpower abilities, whatever, to call out two she bears to maul 42 kids for like a pretty, uh, you know, like not, not that big of a deal comment. Like, okay, great. And then just like ripping them limb from limb and killing them. I got a big problem with that. Um, Working back though, uh, in, in a real one, but a, a real one. Um, I remember reading for one of the first times um, in, I think it's probably in First Kings because it's probably, yeah, because it has to do with Elijah. Uh, I don't remember the first or where, where it is specifically, but where Elijah has sort of the uh, competition with the other, um, the other priests of oh, yeah. Baal, I think it is. Yeah, um, up on the mountain. Yeah. And I think it was Mount Carmel. It was. Um, the showdown on Mount Carmel. Yeah. And so, like, so what happens is, you know, he's he says, why don't you guys pray to your God and I'll pray to my God and we'll see which God, like, rains down fire on our, on our offerings or whatever. And so, you know, it, it says that, like, you know, these prophets of Baal or whatever, like, they're crying out. There's a ton of them there. They're slitting their wrists because I guess that was a thing that people used to do you know, to like sacrifice themselves to the God to do the thing that they want for their sacrifice. Weird things. Um, and so, uh, surprise, nothing happens. So then what Elijah does- Hold on, is, you're, you're missing the best part of that. Yeah. The best part of this whole story is when Elijah starts taunting them. Yeah. And he says, I don't know, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's going poop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe, I think it says maybe he's relieving maybe himself. Maybe he's relieving himself. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it with it. Like on that, on that. Hoop jokes. I, yeah. Let's go. As far as we get into that. And then, and then what Elijah does is like really rock star and like really cool. So he goes and gets like a ton of water in the middle of a drought, goes and gets a ton of water and like pours it all over his sacrifice in the altar, whatever, prays. And then God rains down fire, burns the whole thing up. It's done. If you were to stop at that part of the story, it'd be like, I'm all in. I like that. I think that that's really cool. The next thing they do is they murder yep. hundreds of the Baal prophets. Yep. And like, what is that about? Why is that in there? Why do we have to do that? <clears throat> so like there, and like, I remember reading it and being in, it's like, and I, I was in the Bellarive van. And like, so I was like trying to be like a better studier of the Bible. And I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense that like, yeah, I guess you have to kill them. But then like, <laughs> I remember like looking back and I was like, I don't, why, 
why do you have to like murder these people? Um, judgment? I don't know. I know. It's very strange. And so like, you know, I, over the past couple of years, I've been listening to these guys in, in reading. It's, they're called the Bible Project. We've mentioned them before. Yep, they're awesome. uh, Tim Mackey, John Collins. And they do such a good job at like putting in context a lot of these like really strange stories and and like fitting them in under umbrellas of like bigger concepts um, and maybe explaining like why it says the things that it does. Um, I haven't really ever heard him talk about this one specifically. Um, but yeah, I mean like I, in, in general, you know, like I, I have a problem with a lot of the violence in like the Old Testament. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it is hard to not read it from like a modern Christian, post-Christian, whatever, like uh, Western civilized in the way that we are civilized, you know, because uh, you could argue like there's a lot of our culture that is not civilized. Um, you know, it's hard to take, it's hard not to read it through that lens. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I have, I have some, I have some problems with that. I want to, I want to take a step back. Cause I, I remembered one, okay. um, that this is kind of uncivilized as well. So one thing I've always, and then I want to get to Justin's cause Justin had, oh, yeah, had yeah. a good I one do too. too. Yeah. But this is, this is going to be, this is kind of funny. Um, God at the very beginning of the book of Exodus, we hear about Moses. We hear about, okay, he's floating, he was in the raft and the Pharaoh's daughter found him and then he gets trained and then he kills somebody. Uh, kills an Egyptian, and then the Israelites make fun of him, and so he leaves. Yeah. And he goes out to the, the wilderness of Midian. And God shows up in a burning bush in Exodus 4. And cool, burning bush in the middle, doesn't the bush never goes out. God says, hey, you're going to do this thing. Yeah. Moses says, I don't know, and then tries to rebut it. And God says, no, shut up, you're going to do it. And then <laughs> Moses says, okay, I'm going to go do it. So he goes back to get his wife, because he got married while he was in the desert for 40 years. He got married, uh, and it says, Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father. And this is Exodus 4, starting in verse 18. Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, Go, I wish you well. Now the Lord had said to Moses and Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. The Lord said to Moses, When you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh, da 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 then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, let my son go. He may worship me, but you refuse to let him go. So I will kill your firstborn son. Yeah. Here's where it gets a little weird. Up to this point, okay, God has called Moses. It's a bunch of prophecy. It's a bunch of, hey, take your staff because you're going to do the thing. Verse 24, at a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses. Man, I knew you were going to do this. And he was about to kill him. Yeah. So the Lord had already said to Moses, I want you to go. Yeah. And then Moses had like rebutted this three or four times. Okay, cool. And then he finally obeys, like most of us, we, we always rebut. Verse 24, at a lodging place along the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. <laughs> what? Yeah. Verse 25, but Zipporah, who's was his wife, took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, yeah. and touched Moses's feet with it. Yep. Surely you are a bridegroom, bridegroom of blood to me, she said. So the Lord let him alone. At that time, she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Ha I don't remember the first time I read that, but I remember having that reaction. I think that's a, that's a solid reaction. That's, that a, that's a good reaction to have. I, I wouldn't read that and be like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing happened to me. Yeah. There's another one in, in this, and I'll get to, I promise when we get to Justin's real quick. In Luke 2. Yeah. So 
you get through the Christmas narrative, you get through the Christmas story, Jesus is born, hallelujah, kings and, you know, angels, angels and everybody yep. shows up, cool, manger scene happens, everybody gets gifts, it's great. Then in Luke 2, they go to the temple when Jesus is about 12. Yeah. And Jesus is teaching in the temple, cool. Well, he, he ends up, whining. he's in the temple, cool. And then they leave after <laughs> Passover, but they forget Jesus. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. And then they walk like a day down the road and go, wait, where's Jesus? You here? <laughs> and and then he's back teaching at the temple. Like, what? Explain that to me. Explain that story. Well, to I me. think I think with that is you just have like a it's a migrant herd of people. And so like he I'm sure they just thought Jesus was somebody else. But back to the back to the circumcision thing. <laughs> cool, yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Um that story is super weird. Mm-hmm. I also think like the whole, the interaction with Moses and God, if you dive deep into it. Very strange. There is something like Moses mm-hmm. tries to not do what he's supposed to do. Many times. A lot. Yep. Like we think about Moses as being like the, and and uh, you know, at the end, uh, Moses went through probably what we modern 21st century like Western Wesleyan Christians would say a process of sanctification where like, um, (laughs) where like it started out one way and like it didn't, it ended up in a much better spot for him personally as like the mouthpiece of God basically. Um, But he, it's the Bible project guys did a, a video about this too, about where like they're talking about God's anger and how the very first time that God ever says that he's like angry and it and the picture that the Hebrew word that the, like it's it's a picture of the the word that because Hebrew is a weird language, um, it's not English, and so like but the the visual imagery that the word is brought up is like Jesus or God fuming from his nostrils, hmm. um, and so like the but the first time that that happens is not when Adam and Eve get kicked out of the gar- garden, it's not when the Tower of Babel happened, it's not when any of those other stuff in Genesis. It's an exodus when after like six times or four, five, six times, whatever, Moses says like, no, I don't want to do this. And like, God's like, okay, that's fine. Uh, you know, well, well this will happen. And Moses is like, no, I still don't want to do this. And it's like, okay, I'm slow to anger. Okay. But like, okay, so this will happen. And Moses is like, okay, well, I don't really want to do this because I can't really speak. I was like, okay, fine. Your brother can go. Uh, and then like, so after a few more times, God finally is like angry with Moses and says like, you are going to do this. Um, and then Moses finally does it. But like, I don't understand a lot of that stuff, especially in the beginning with Moses. Like, it's very odd. Well, and as you were saying that, it pulled up uh, Numbers 20. Uh, Numbers 20 is, so there's a couple of heartbreaking passages in the Bible. Numbers 20 is one of those heartbreaking passages for me where the Israelites, God has already told the Israelites, like, hey, you guys, this generation's not going to go to the promised land. Right. Sorry, you guys, you rebelled against me. Numbers 20 is when God tells Moses that he's not going to enter the promised land. So up to this point, he's never told Moses this. And what happens is uh, the people are complaining that there's no water. And so Moses gets up and uh, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance of the tent uh, meeting and fell face down and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded. Okay, so we're, we're on track. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock? 
Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. How how dare he? How dare he? (laughs) Because the very next verse is, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land that I give them. So essentially what has happened is Moses took credit for bringing the water out of the rock, right? One thing. Moses has done a thousand (laughs) things up to this point. And God has not finally just now said yeah. you're not going to have the promise. Yeah. Okay, uh, let me get to let me get to Justin's real quick. Justin had a really good one. Um, Justin, he I went to go get my aha, and I came back and I I gave him the topic and I said like, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. What do you think? He said, hmm, and he started started thinking about it. And I came back in and he said, I got one. He says, when Jesus is tempted, yeah. So Luke four temptation. He Justin had brought up the fact that. Jesus goes out and, you know, it's written that man shall not live on bread alone. Cool. The devil leads Jesus up to a high place Mm -hmm. at the second part and shows him, uh, it says, he showed him in an instant all the kingdoms in the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. Verse seven, if you worship me, it will all be yours. Verse eight, this is Luke four, verse eight. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Okay. So I've always read that, and I've known that that comes from what's called the Shema in Deuteronomy 6. Uh, but Justin said, I had I had heard a sermon where they were actually saying that that's not actually what it says in Deuteronomy 6. Okay. And I said, oh, okay. Like, I'd never, I'd never even thought about it. So I pulled up the, the citation, Deuteronomy 6. Yeah. Deuteronomy 6, verse 13. Fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. So it's that word worship and fear. And where Justin was coming from, he was saying, I don't understand the fear of the Lord, Mm. which is a, I think we could do a whole 14 week podcast on that. But it's this little turn right here, the worship to, or the fear to worship thing. How does that make you feel as a worship pastor or as a worship leader when you first hear that? Well, Worship and fear being together. I think that we're reading stuff that was written in Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek, and that's been translated. Agreed, but- A crap ton. Hold on. That's been- But- <laughs> That's been translated a bunch, and, and we have to, to look a little deeper. So, like, I- That's my first thought. Sure. Um, so, what was the other- Worship and fear? Worship and fear together. Because if if you- I agree with you. I agree that there's probably a translation thing, but fear is on the surface different than worship. Those are two is it vast well, hold on. My turn to say hold on. Those are <laughs> those are two vastly different things. Okay. When you think about them in a modern context, like I'm scared of heights. Yeah. I don't worship heights. Right. So my English translation, my English heart sure. shows fear is completely one hundred percent removed. And Justin, is that kind of tracking with what you're saying? There you go. And if you didn't hear, if you couldn't hear on the mic, he, Justin was saying, Jesus was defining worship as fear as well. I feel like there is a biblical definition of fear that English does not properly accommodate. Because- Specifically when talking about the divine? Yes. Okay. I think that, you know, like the- 
there's a bunch of stuff in the Psalms that say like we we should fear the Lord, mm-hmm. fear um, the Lord and serve Him only. Yeah, and I think that it's it's a res- there's a respect thing, you know, like it's a when you're okay when I. I'm trying to think of a time. Okay, I'll do this. So I remember when we were in Colorado as when, with Bellarive, and we were in Rocky Mountain National Park, and we decided to trespass into some people's yard. Ooh, um, were you in trouble? No, no, that's not the part that I was scared oh, about. The reason we were trespassing story. through their yard was because there was a giant mountain, because we're in Rocky Mountain National Park, like park or close to that and uh, or ran the edge of it. And so we, we went from like 11,000 feet and we like mm. hiked all the way up to 15,000 feet mm. or whatever to this edge, this cliff. And like, I have a picture of it. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going yeah, to. Yeah. We don't have time for that. Um, and it was just this cliff. It just stopped. The mountain just stopped and you sit there and I am just as in much fear as I am in awe of Hmm. like what I was looking at. And like, I think that that's the fear that God commands from us Hmm. is like this idea, this feeling of like, whoa, Hmm. Um, like I, I am in a spot right now that commands Respect. A lot of respect. (laughs) You know, like it just, it's overwhelming. And like, I think what happens is that feeling that God has wired into us, that idea that God has wired into us, it evokes a sense of, of awe and like wonder and, um, like that's the God that we serve as opposed to that's not the uh, paycheck that you don't know is coming next month. Mm. Like you don't serve that fear. Um, you know, like that's, that's a fear that's misplaced. Mm. Um, so like that to me, like that's what it is. Or like, man, if you were to stand, if I was to go to space right now and like, like it's the feeling people get when they go to the, wait cu- a minute, we're talking about space I know, on the weekend. I know, I know that when people go to the cupola on the, the, I, the international space station, yeah. which is the, it's the spot where there's all the windows that, well, I know we've talked about this before, but the, the one astronaut takes every astronaut that comes to the space station to that window. And every single person, he said, every single person I took there immediately broke down in tears. Huh. And like, I think that that's the fear. And it's just like this, you're tapping into something that is so much bigger and greater than like you could ever think of. Huh. Um, so yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to have to get out of here. I want to move fine, into yeah. some segments real quick. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, what's the weekday hot take? I have one. Okay. Do you want you have one? No, if not, I, I'm no, go. I want I want you to do yours. Okay, so we're gonna move into our segment we now are lovingly referring to as the weekday. I hot do take. like that transition though. That segue was really good. I'm very tired. <laughs> I, I am just spent the last two it days. Just, it was just like, all right, we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Have, I can't go anywhere. We're up against it here. Yeah, I mean, I just I looked at the time and went, oh gosh, I, I feel like I need to go to bed. Listen. I'm looking in my camera right now, and I'm going to be honest with the rest of the world right now. This hot take may hurt somebody. Mike is going to look at my <laughs> camera too. This one might shock you. This one may hurt you, and I apologize in advance. Okay. You can email us at hello at the week, <laughs> the weekday at bayhope.com. Hello at the weekday.com. <laughs> dot bayhope.com. Hello. 
you can slide into any one of our DMs. <laughs> <laughs> and you can let me know how wrong or right I am. But listen to me. Star Wars, 100% better than Star Trek. Oh my gosh. Is that a hot take? That's not a hot take. Star Wars is infinitely better. Well, yeah. Than Star Trek. <clears throat> and that's easy. I mean, that's for yeah. you, but there is an entire segment of this population that is our weekday army that is reeling right now. Please don't crash your car as you're listening to this. Uh, Please don't run off if you're right. If you're I don't understand to us. how people live. Like if you think star, like I'm not a big star. I, I love Star Wars, but I'm not like the most, I don't know everything about everything, you know? Sure. Um, I probably know more than like the normal person, but like you seriously, who, who in the world thinks Star Trek is better than Star Wars? Mike, there. No possible way. Like Star Trek. You are inflaming. Justin, what do you think? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got yeah, a thumbs up I, from Justin on this one. It's great. I'm sorry, all those out there. And I can, I can follow up with just a, um, a quick little side as well. That has nothing to do. Okay. Bread is really good. Oh, Again, not a hot take. <laughs> there are people that hate bread. Why do you think that Jesus was tempted by that? We're talking about, the first thing he was tempted by was it's bread because bread's true. stinking awesome. Very true. All right, uh, next segment for today. Podcast Pop Quiz. Thank you so much. All right, uh, we need a topic here. You got a topic? Justin, you got a topic? Um, truck tires. Truck tires. Truck tires. I was going to say peanut butter fingers. Peanut butter truck tires. No, that no, that that's got that's too specific. I think truck tires might be pretty specific. All right, see the truck tires. Pocket. Okay, ready? We're gonna put thirty seconds on the board. Ready? Go, truck. This is this is tough. I can't even type. Podcast. Here we go. And podcast. Talking truck tires with Cooper's Gary Schrader. We did it. You're leaving me. I mean, I don't even think that was even a, that was, that wasn't even, I mean, the next one, Aperia's Josh Carmer on tire telematics. I don't think that works, but there's also a podcast called Tire Business. Okay, cool. Hey, everybody, we're going to let you go there. Uh, Thanks for listening. This has been kind of a longer one. We know I do. I think this is a, I like this. I like, I like talking about this type of stuff because there's a whole lot that, um, I was just talking I just did an interview with Carrie Loban of Operation Christmas Child yeah. uh, which you're going to be seeing in a couple weeks but uh, beforehand I was talking to him about another podcast that we kind of started around these parts called In Plain Speech where we're literally trying to distill the words of the Bible into plain speech and I think a lot of that can get lost yep. and I think it's one of the reasons people make fun of the, the Bible all the time like oh it's your word of God like yeah no it is the word of God well, well or what like, all the hypocritical yeah. stuff there aren't you smart yeah you know like that kind of thing yeah, yeah so it, this is this is really cool thanks so much for joining us Weekday Army we love you we'll see you next time bye Hey, thanks for tuning in to Bay Hope TV. Be sure to like and share these videos with your friends as it really does help this channel out. And be sure to subscribe for more Bay Hope TV content. As always, thanks for watching.